We'll get to episode 217 in just a moment, but before we do, I'd like to ask for your support of the Keystone Chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. Go to supportkeystonechapter.org to make a donation. Any amount would be helpful, even if it's a dollar or two, especially if you check that box that says you'll cover the fees. When you check that box and donate $2, it'll cost you about $2.56. Again, supportkeystonechapter.org. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 217 of I Can't See You. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me for this episode. And as usual, I've got a few things to talk about, maybe even more than a few. I'm going to tell you about my COVID shot and flu shot, which I didn't want to get, but I kind of had to, and I'll explain that in a moment. I'm going to tell you about my conversation with the folks at Celeste Glasses, which I talked about a few weeks ago. I'll be beta testing those hopefully soon, uh, probably by the end of March, but I'll get into it in a minute. I'll tell you all about Washington Seminar and all the things that went on when I was down in Washington Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week, and all the extracurriculars that go along with that, going out to dinner and so forth. And I'll also give you an update on White Canes Connect. We had an interview today that's the episode will come out next week, episode 060 or episode 60, if you will. And then just listen, I'll have some sounds from the traveling from my house to Washington, more like from Philadelphia to Washington on the train. And I've also got a clip of the monorail that goes under the Capitol to the Russell Senate office building. And if the quality is good enough, I haven't quite gotten it exactly right, but I also have a clip of Senator Bob Casey who spoke with our group. But I'm going to lead off today talking about the flu shot and the COVID shot, COVID booster. It was my fourth COVID shot, all told. And as I said, I didn't, I I was pretty much done with getting the COVID shots. I didn't want to get more Liz had asked me if I was going to get them. She's been getting all the updates as she can. Jacob's been getting all the updates. And I finally got approved to get a new psoriatic arthritis medicine that was coming this week. It, was, it actually could have been here on Saturday before I left for Washington. And I thought, that's not a great idea to take, to take that and then go somewhere else where there's nobody going to be around me a lot of time. And if I had some issues with it, I don't know what I would have done. So I held off the shipment until Thursday. It got here Thursday. My flu shot and COVID shot were Thursday. The pharmacist told me, the pharmacist at CVS told me to hold off a couple of days before I take this new psoriatic arthritis medicine called TALTS. And I'm glad because (laughs) because today I'm recording this on Friday night. I didn't feel 100% today. I was a little achy. Actually, I was a lot achy, psoriatically speaking, (laughs) if that's even a word. And I just was a little sluggish today. And so I'm probably going to take that medicine on Sunday. The first dose is a double dose. I stick one needle in one leg, one needle in the other leg. Not not at the same time, I don't think. I can do one and then do the other. But I'm going to do that. And when I was getting and going through all the information 
a couple of weeks ago with the pharmacy, and it's an online specialty pharmacy. You can't go over to the CVS around the corner to get it because it's ungodly expensive, and they usually don't carry that in stores and so forth and so on. So the pharmacist that I talked to told me that between TALTS and coming off of the prednisone, that I was more susceptible to infection. Even just with TALTS, I was more susceptible. And with psoriatic disease, everybody is a little bit immunocompromised. And my doctor had recommended that, uh, this is going back a year and a half or so, that I stay up to date on the on the COVID shots. I wasn't too excited about that. And like I said, I didn't until now because of the, again, the extra threat having to be on both these medicines as I'm uh, coming off of the prednisone, but I'm still probably a month to two months away from getting taken off that. When you take prednisone, you have to kind of Uh, and I forget the word, but you have to step down each step of the way. I was on 10 milligrams. Now I'm on seven and a half milligrams. I'll go to five, then two and a half. And I don't know how long I'll be on that. And and then I'll I'll come off of it. And hopefully TALTS will make me feel better. And uh, I don't have any of the crazy (laughs) crazy side effects. One thing that the pharmacist, when I was getting the uh, getting approved for this had told me, she said, oh, there's not really any bad side effects to TALTS. When, when somebody tells me that, that's a red flag because there's always side effects, always. Hopefully it's nothing crazy and uh, hopefully it helps. Uh, I'm, I'm really interested in that because it's, it's getting cold again around here <laughs> and, uh, and I'll get into that in a couple of minutes, but it's, uh, it's very chilly outside. Wind chills are in the low teens right now or maybe even single digits by now. I'm recording this Friday night, as I said. And so... It's, like I said, been a busy week. Also on Thursday, I talked to Shub from Celeste Glasses, and that's Celeste.co, and Celeste is spelled S-E-L-E-S-T-E dot C-O. I'll have a link in the show notes. And they have glasses similar to the Envision glasses, which are basically Google Glasses with the Envision app on them. The only difference there is the Celeste glasses are an actual pair of glasses, so they look like glasses. They don't look like something crazy. And you can get those with Google Glass, but you have to spend an extra, I, I don't know, 400 bucks or so or 400 euros. Envision is a, is a Dutch company, so their prices are in euros. So I had this conversation with Shub, who went over what they expect of folks who are beta testing, which I will be doing. Not all of the features are going to be there. And one of the questions he asked me, and for, <laughs> for a moment I thought, oh, wait a second, do I want to do this? One of the questions he said, they're not going to have all the features, and especially not right out of the box, going to have the video recording uh, feature. And that was one of the things that I really was excited for because having something like that hands-free would be great as I'm out and about. And I want, like I've mentioned a million times here, want to do more stuff on YouTube. So to have that, it would be awesome. So that will be something that's coming along, but I'm excited to try these out. These will have an AI uh, in their app that will tell you things. They will also have basically have something similar to FaceTime, but again, it'll be hands-free. And I know it doesn't sound like a lot because when you have FaceTime, you can just have your phone in your hand and you can 
point your camera to whatever you're looking at. But remember, when I'm walking around, one hand is already occupied, swiping back and forth with my white cane. And if I'm out and about and I've got some sort of shopping bag in my other hand, it's it's kind of makes it kind of makes for some tricky maneuvering when you try to pull the phone out and take a look at something. And and I do that, you know, if I want to see a sign, for example, in Washington, we walked past a group of stores and restaurants going to the McDonald's one afternoon and I pulled my phone out and I opened Seeing AI and I just pointed it up where I, I saw the signs, which I couldn't read, but I saw the signs and and I had my phone read what was there. And in some instances, it couldn't read the sign, but there were other signs in these businesses' windows that kind of gave me an idea what was there. There was a pizza place and the McDonald's and, and a couple, I, I think there was like a deli or something like that. And one other place, one, one kind of reminded me of a salon, but I never saw or heard what that one was. But that's what I had to do if I wanted to see what was there. Same thing goes when I go to a museum, as I mentioned a few months ago when I was at the American Museum of Natural History up in New York, I take my phone out and kind of wave it around, point it at, if there's something that I see and I want to know what it is, I then usually go to one side of the thing and then the other and then below. And then if it's something that's low, I point it above. Sooner or later, I find out my phone starts reading it to me and tells me what it is. This way, if I've got these glasses on, I won't have to do that. So I'm excited to try that out. Shub told me probably by the end of March. Uh, that being said, I haven't gotten any kind of contact uh, from him since we spoke on the phone. So I'm looking forward to that and trying those glasses out again. And then later on down the line, having some of the other features. Uh, so <laughs> if you're interested in coming along for the ride, quote unquote, while I'm out and about and want to help me with navigating something or telling me what something is, uh, I will give you the information on the app that you can have. And then we can basically FaceTime uh, <laughs> while I'm at a museum, walking to the train, whatever it might be. Uh, I am excited about trying these though. So the bulk of what I want to talk about today is Washington Seminar. And Washington Seminar is a yearly event that has been going on for about 50 years. The National Federation of the Blind picks a few days, usually in late January, early February, and everybody goes to Washington. For us in southeastern Pennsylvania, it's very easy. You go into Philadelphia or go to Wilmington and you get on an Amtrak train and go to Washington and you're there in about two hours. Now, the cool thing about the train this year, I bought the tickets early enough it was $17 and change each way. I paid less than $35 to go to Washington and come back. And again, I think I told you back in December when Jane and I went to New York, it was $340. We've gotten cheap tickets to New York as well. And it's always great when you get on the train and it's only, it's only, it's under 18 bucks to go wherever. Going to Washington Seminar, and Washington Seminar isn't as hugely attended as a state or national convention. There's about 500 or so people that go. And on the train that I was on, it was only me and Eugenio. Eugenio is from the Greater Philly chapter. He's also the treasurer there. And we've roomed together. And he was my roommate this time, too. He only stayed one night, though. But he happened to be on the same train as me. And it was kind of funny because when we got to, when I got to 30th Street Station, I walked in the door and I 
as I'm walking, I hear this tapping and I'm like, hey, wait a second, that, there's some other blind guy here. And I went towards the tapping and uh, as I got closer, I, I just yelled out Eugenio's name. <laughs> and he's like, David? And I said, yes. And then we found the red cap area and then we went and got on the train. And a very uneventful ride going down. I don't think it was that packed. I, I wasn't 100% sure because I never got up from the seat. Well, I, I did get up from the seat once, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. It's kind of funny, and I know I probably talk about it every time I get on a train. <laughs> so Washington Seminar, so everybody goes down, and what happens is the first night there is a thing called the Great Gathering in, and there are a bunch of speakers Mark Riccobono, who is president of the NFB, speaks most of it. He's kind of like the MC and tells a lot of the story. But a lot of other folks from the NFB speak mainly from the national headquarters in Baltimore. But some others, for example, the president of the NFB of Texas spoke to us because the national convention is going to be in Houston in uh, July. I'm not sure if I'm going yet. I'm still on the fence Pretty expensive to go when it's not a family vacation just for me, so we'll see. I'd like to, but again, pretty pricey. So you hear all that, and then you hear usually there is a senator or a congress member that come and also speak. And in this one, it was the Maryland senator, Chris Van Hollen. He spoke to us, and he's at a lot of the events. Uh, I've seen him speak more than a few times, either at Washington Seminar or when I've been in Baltimore at the National Center uh, or at a reception. There there was a reception a few years ago that uh, I met Tom Ridge, the former governor of Pennsylvania, and he spoke at that. Uh, So he's he's one of the, he's a, a big supporter of the NFB, as is Senator Bob Casey from Pennsylvania. And I'll get into that in a few minutes. That's the first day. There's not much else that goes on. And then usually after, everybody goes to dinner somewhere. And I've been going the last the last couple of times with Denise Brown, who's president of the Greater Philly chapter, and Eugenio, and then some other folks uh, that Denise knows. And a couple of years ago, we went to Oohs and Oz, which is, a, for lack of a better word, it was a soul food place that was featured on diners, drive-ins, and dives. I wanted to go there. I had read about it on the train uh, going down to Washington that year, and I, I had traveled on my own. Nobody else was with me. So I, was, I first looked that year. I first looked to see if there were any concerts that I might want to go to, and there was, but it was sold out. And then I started to look into restaurants, and I, Liz and I were texting back and forth on that day, and I said, what about this place? And she looked into it as well and said, oh, that sounds like a good place. Their main thing there was mac and cheese, which was awesome there. And as I've mentioned before, the service there was outstanding. And Jasmine was our waitress. She welcomed us in back then. And she was a senior at Howard University and was going to work for Amazon when she graduated. And again, just it was just outstanding. So This year, right after we got back from, I guess it was the state convention, Denise had messaged me saying, hey, I'm looking at this place to go while we're in Washington. And I said, okay, yeah, that sounds good. It was called Charlene's Bar and Grill. And so we went there. There was around 14 or 15 of us. Uh, It was a really nice place. Charlene was there and her son was there. And I think that's all that was there. 
And when we got there, it was late in the evening, so there was no one else in the restaurant. There may be one guy, James was the son's name, and he was at the bar, tending bar, as well as our waiter. It seemed like one of his friends was there drinking. Uh, Later on, he came in. So it was really nice. It, It did take a while, but everything was made for us. It wasn't just, you know, throw it in the fryer. Everything was made right then and there for us. Uh, I had fried shrimp and mac and cheese and fries. All, all of them were really good. The mac and cheese wasn't quite as good as Ooze and Oz, but it was still good. And at that time of the night, <laughs> 9 o'clock at night, it tasted great. The fried shrimp were awesome. And uh, everybody seemed pretty happy with what they got. Now, I also got cornbread. I'm not a big cornbread guy. I had given mine to Eugenio, and he ended up taking his back to Philadelphia. He took him home to the hotel and then back to Philadelphia the next day. So, and I probably should check on him because he also took his meal home, what was left of it, and didn't eat it in the hotel and took it back to Philadelphia, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but it was would have been out of refrigeration for about four or five hours because, it's, like I said, it's a two-hour train ride. You got to get to the train station an hour or so before. Maybe you got there a half an hour before. Same thing on the other end. You got to call the Uber and all sorts of things. So probably wasn't under refrigeration for at least four hours. So I guess I should check in on him. <laughs> that was Monday. And then Tuesday in Pennsylvania, that's when everybody goes to meet with the, uh, their members of Congress on the House side. We went into five different representatives' offices. We had meetings scheduled for three of them. And then the other two, we tried to get meetings, but we couldn't get meetings. And one of them was my congresswoman. And it was irritating that they wouldn't take the person who is in charge of uh, her title is legislative director for the NFB of Pennsylvania, Emily Gindelsberger. They wouldn't give her a time to meet. They couldn't set anything up. And and my congresswoman, Mary Gay Scanlon, is always late with either getting back to us. We met with her a year or two ago via Zoom. But like I said, Washington Seminar happens the end of January, early February. We met with her the end of March. And it was great to get to speak with her then via Zoom. But it was very late. And I look, I get it. People are busy. And so we we went into her office anyway to drop off the packet. Now, I had actually called the office as well because Emily thought, well, you're a constituent. Why don't you give them a call and see if they'll schedule an appointment for you? We didn't have an appointment, so we just walked in. And some of the offices had, I, I think when we walked in there, there were, were at least four or five people that was somewhere in the office. There's a couple right on one side of the door and one on the other side, and then we met with Dante. And Dante happened to be the guy I spoke to on the phone that took my information down after I, I kind of made him because he wasn't going. I said, don't you want my phone number? And finally he said, sure. I, I'm pretty sure he probably threw that piece of paper away if he even wrote it down. But we did get to speak to him, told him the three items on our agenda. One of them is web and software application accessibility act as i've mentioned a million times here sometimes you go to a website or you use an app and you just can't move forward because you don't know it might just say button if you're on the if you're doing it on ios or if you're on a website you might not be able to tell what something is because it might be a graphic it might have words in that graphic and tell you what to do as I mentioned last week with 
putting uh, audio hijack on my computer and there was an error message that told me how to fix it, but it was a graphic, so I couldn't read it and the screen reader wouldn't read it. So all sorts of things like that. And it, and it affects, sometimes it's more important stuff than things like that. Uh, for example, one of the guys in our delegation uh, from Harrisburg, he lost his job and had to go apply for unemployment compensation. It's not accessible. And he ended up having to, uh, he's a younger guy, probably between Jacob and Jane's age. So late 20s. He had to get his mother, who lives out of state, to give him a hand with that because she, he couldn't navigate it. He could not do it. And every, I think it's every week or two, you have to log back in and show that you've applied for a job, or actually two jobs, and you have to do all that. And <laughs> so now, not only is that not very accessible when he has to do that, but of course, some of the places where you have to apply, it's not very accessible. So that's one of the things, and some of the things that we talked about uh, to the different representatives. Another one is uh, the accessibility of class two and class three medical devices. For example, a glucose monitor, if you have diabetes, sometimes it's not accessible. So for example, you prick your finger and you you have to read, have it read. Well, if it's got just a screen that you can't see, how do you do it? And I heard something, I, I've been starting to listen to a podcast called Double Tap uh, with Stephen Scott, and he had somebody write in to, to warn folks if they used a specific glucose monitor not to update to iOS 16.3 because the glucose monitor would no longer work with that. Some of the some of the medical devices have a way for the information to get to your phone. And of course, if you can get to the iPhone, a lot of times it will, you can use voiceover on that to read everything out so you know what's going on. There's blood pressure things. And, and the big thing with these, with this issue is if you're an older adult and you lose your vision and you can't take specific medicines or check your blood sugar or whatever, you might have to go into a home because you can't, you can't do that on your own. Or if you have got family members close by, you have to have them come over and do it. And so you kind of lose your independence. You don't kind of, you do. And so it's very important that things like this, just like I've mentioned before with uh, using my microwave, where it's just a flat glass screen and some words printed on the glass, words that I can't see. And when you try to use seeing AI or something else, it's hard to use. Now, maybe if I use Be My Eyes or Ira, maybe it would be more helpful. Or if I FaceTime with Jane, if she was around, or obviously if Liz is here, Liz is going to do it and I'm not going to have to worry about it. So that was the second thing. So the, the medical device thing is the second thing. Again, very important. And then the last one is has to do with Social Security disability income. And the way it works for someone who is blind, when you're on Social Security, when you get disability, and you are allowed to make $2,460 a month above what you get from Social Security. If you get $2,461, what do you think happens? You don't lose a dollar or two or three of your Social Security 
you lose it all. So if you get to 2461 in a month, you then cannot get any of your social security. And obviously a problem and the the fix is what everybody would like is a sliding scale. If you get to 2461 or 2480 or whatever, you lose a not a percentage for every uh, I, I forget what the number is. I think it's for every two dollars that you go over the twenty four sixty, you would lose a dollar in benefits until you get to zero. And of course, the big thing there is when you're on social security disability, you also get I always forget which one Medicare, Medicaid, whichever one you get with that. If you lose the social security, you lose that, so you lose your insurance. And so also very important. So it, it kind of stops folks, blind folks, from wanting to work because they have to make up so much ground if they get to that. Because again, if you make 2465, let's say, you're not taking 2465 home. You're taking somewhere between 16 and 1800 home, as well as you're not getting any kind of medical usually with, with that kind of money. So it, just a big thing. And, and we talked with a couple of the folks. We talked about some other things along those lines. But we met with the, the five reps. One of the great things this year for me was a first. And I, I think I've been to three or four Washington seminars. I've been to the – I did the ones on Zoom the last couple of years. The last one that was in person was in 2020, just before the world shut down. And then I – was it one or two more? I, I, can't, I can't quite remember. I love going to this probably more than going to the state convention or the national convention. Because this is something that's actually making things happen. And it's just – it's very exciting walking around the Senate office buildings and the House office buildings and getting the chance to meet with congressmen and congresswomen. And this year I finally got to have a meeting with an actual congressman, not just their staff. And it was uh, Congressman Glenn Thompson from the 15th Congressional District in Pennsylvania. One of the things he told me, which I just still can't believe, his district, PA 15, covers 18 counties and covers one-third of the land mass of the state of Pennsylvania. Basically, the center of the state all along the New York border, and it covers Warren and Oil City and a whole bunch of other places, State College. And it's crazy how huge that is. And I just can't imagine, and I'm, I'm guessing there's a lot of congressmen and congresswomen who have districts like that in states like Texas and uh, those larger states, California, things like that, where there's not a lot of folks. And it, it just it was just mind-boggling. I couldn't imagine, you know, when you're up for re-election, how far you've got to travel to cover all that ground. So it was very cool to meet him and speak with him. So I, I finally broke that streak and and got to do that and uh, got a picture with him. I don't have the picture. Somebody from his staff took the picture. <laughs> it wasn't on any of our phones. So Emily's got to get that from them. So hopefully once I get that, I will share that on Instagram or on an upcoming episode show notes. I'll put that in. He's a, another, another guy that is uh, very supportive of the NFB when the – State convention was in State College a few years ago. 
uh, on the Saturdays of the state convention, there was a sit-down lunch, not just a box lunch type of thing. And he came and spoke to everybody kind of off the cuff and not on a stage or anything, just spoke to us while we were in between courses just to thank us for being there and going over everything that uh, we do and anything he can do to help. So that, again, that's Congressman Glenn Thompson from the 15th Congressional District in Pennsylvania, and I really do appreciate him. And again, it was great to to sit with him and uh, speak with him uh, with, the, of course, the others in my in my group. And it's it was just a great day. I was with uh, two ladies named Michelle. One is the president of the Happy Valley chapter. Another one is someone that lives up that way, a little past Happy Valley in Altoona. And so we kind of spent the day together wandering, wandering these office buildings and going into the different representatives' offices. It's also very interesting that one of the offices where we couldn't get a meeting, it was someone from the western end of the state. And we walked in and it was like a ghost town in there. No one in the office. We opened the door and the door creaked a little and they had some sort of alarm so they would know somebody came in and somebody came out from the back of one of the other offices and asked if they could help us. Michelle who, McManus, who's the president of Happy Valley, went over, briefly went over the agenda of the three items that I just mentioned and handed the packet to this person uh, and told the Congress, the, you know, if the Congress person had any kind of questions to give Lynn Heights, who's the president of the NFB of Pennsylvania, give her a call and, and they could discuss it. So that was the first day, and that was – it ended with a reception that was – I don't know if it was sponsored, hosted by Senator Bob Casey, again, from Pennsylvania. And that's always a lot of fun. Some years there's a bunch of people that come and speak. Other years – this year there were there were only a couple of folks that spoke, one of them being Senator Casey. And it was just um, – there's food. <laughs> and it was kind of funny because – on the Monday night at the Great Gathering Inn, when they were going over this reception and where it was going to be at Senate, uh, Russell Senate Office Building, Room 325, there's going to be food, light refreshments. It's not your dinner. They kept saying, it's not your dinner. It's just you know a little pick-me-up type of thing. And there was an open bar. And they kept repeating that at the beginning of this reception before any of the, any of the uh, Congress folk came in and said, hey, look, it's not your dinner. And about halfway through, there there was still evidently a lot of food, so they kept making it, well, you know, there's still food. Go back and get some more. And I just thought that was kind of funny. But uh, this was very cool because a couple of the folks from our contingent went early, so they got a table for the uh, nine or so of us that went to this reception. One person didn't go and a couple people left that day, like Eugenio, for example, didn't go because he was catching a train home. And Maria didn't go because she was catching the same train train home. We had this table. I, of course, did not sit. I stood next to the table and actually took – I took my Zoom H1N down and I actually talked to each one at the table at the time. I, I missed the uh, Michelle from Altoona because she <laughs> she was the designated food runner. Uh, from the food table to our table and just went around and uh, got stuff for people. So she wasn't there when I took some some uh, ask folks questions. And uh, I will have that probably in an upcoming episode of White Canes Connect, not in this. But I will have – I also recorded Senator Casey's remarks to us. I don't know how great they're going to be. 
I tried to play with the gain and hopefully some of it is usable, at least a clip or two that I could use in Just Listen. That'll be coming up a little bit later. And like I said, hopefully not 100% sure that it will happen. But then, so that's Tuesday. Tuesday is now done. Everybody's tired because they've been walking all around these office buildings. So dinner was at the hotel restaurant. We stayed at the Holiday Inn on National Mall, which is literally around the corner from the Capitol. And this restaurant, the food is usually pretty good. The service always sucks. And there were seven of us because one person had, Simon didn't go to the reception and he ended up eating a little earlier and had gone up before everybody had gotten there and, and just, you know, he had schoolwork to do or whatever. And uh, he had called it an early night. So there's seven of us. And of course they add the 18% gratuity on top of the bill. And that gives them no incentive to improve their promptness. We had some issues there. We always have issues there, but this year it was Everybody ended up paying more than they thought they were going to pay. One thing that I noticed, though, that was really <laughs> that was really wrong was they ended up charging a sales tax on top of the gratuity. I guess because the gratuity was an item that they added through their system, kind of like they were ringing up some other purchase, they charged the 10% sales tax. That's what the sales tax is in Washington. Now, I think that's crazy that it's that high. However, it makes figuring out what the sales tax should be very easy. And that's how I caught it. My stuff came to $27 with the tip and they added $2.71 to the bill for the sales tax. And I said, this is, first of all, this isn't right. And the waitress and I went back and forth. She said, you don't understand. I said, there's nothing to understand. It's math. If you take my hamburger, it was a bacon cheeseburger, it was good. And my drink, which was a lemonade, not so good. They didn't have any kind of iced tea, disappointing, which was $4. That's $23. Sales tax should have been $2.30. She wasn't getting it. I said, write it down and do the math. And she said, let me get the manager and he'll explain it to you. I said, again, nothing to be explained to. It's math. 10% of the stuff I ordered is $2.30, not $2.70, because you're not going to pay sales tax on the tip that you're charging. And finally, when I said to her, I said, look, I know you're not doing it. It's your computer system. That's always the excuse, right? It's always, oh, it's the computer system. We, we have no way of fixing that. We're just dumb waiters and waitresses and bartenders and whatnot. That wasn't the, that that forty cents wasn't the issue. It was one issue, but it wasn't the issue. Uh, so we never did. I I, I couldn't figure out. And the, the funny thing was, so my my burger was nineteen dollars. My drink was four dollars. Jim, who was with us and sitting right next to me, he got a chicken sandwich which was eighteen dollars and a diet coke which was four dollars. How I ended up spending three dollars more on mine than he spent on his, I have no idea. I just don't know. And uh, I just, I just wanted, at that point, I wanted to get out of there. We were there for quite a while. We waited for a lot of things and it was just brutal. Again, it's easier than getting into an Uber and going to a place and whatnot, again, because the food is pretty good. So when, once all was said and done, we went up and, you know, we were right there to go up and go back to our rooms and go to bed or watch TV or go on your phone or whatever, whatever folks do. 
Then finally, the last day, I usually, uh, this was the first time it was different for me. I usually would do some sort of sightseeing thing. The last time we were there in person in 2020, I went to the Jewish American War Museum. And I was really interested in that because, as I've mentioned multiple times here, my dad was in the Air Force during World War II. We have a shadow box with his POW papers and the letter from, I guess it was the Department of War to my aunt saying that he was captured, he was missing in action, and then the one that said he was a POW. There was a list of the crew. There was a picture of the crew. There was, again, the records from the, the coolest thing is the record from the camp that when the camp got liberated, my dad grabbed his record. And I'm sure other people grabbed their records. Uh, and he has, of course, the spoon, the infamous spoon that I used to make iced tea with when I was a kid that <laughs> that's made out of aluminum and has has the, uh, the swastika in the talons of an eagle on the handle. I love that spoon. And it, I loved it because when I put it in the sink, it made such a clatter that always uh, always made me laugh. That's in the shadow box, too. And I've, I've got pictures on social media, and I, I think even on the website of that shadow box, which hangs in our living room now. So I had gone there the year before. I had gone to – went to the, uh, the mall, the National Mall, and we went to the Lincoln Memorial, and we went someplace else. I, I went with the guy who I was rooming with that year. His name was Gerardo. Uh, he hasn't been back since then. That was, I guess, 2019. We did the Lincoln Memorial. We I did someplace else. I don't remember where else. Uh, and just basically like a photo uh, photo op and took a picture, looked around a little bit, and and, and that was that. Uh, but that was cool, too. And it was cold that day a few years ago, 2019, I guess that was, when we did that. It was a nice day. It was bright and sunny out, but it was a little chilly. So that's what I used to do on Wednesday. But this year, since our contingent wasn't as large, I was able to go to the Senate meetings. And again, we didn't meet with either Senator Casey or Senator Fetterman. And I'll tell you, I'll get to Fetterman second, but because we met with Bob Casey's staff first. And the guy who we met with was very cool. We had met with him on Zoom last year. He's Again, he's very interested. Senator Casey is with NFB business and uh, just very helpful. His name is Michael. He grew up in Ridley Park, not far from where I am recording this right now in Swarthmore. And uh, we had a little back and forth when <laughs> when we were talking about the area and um, the poor section of Swarthmore, which both his son now lives and obviously we live here in Swarthmore Wood, technically not Swarthmore. But we met with him for quite a while and then he took us down to Fetterman's office. Now, the funny thing is, when you're the new kid on the block like Fetterman, you know, you don't get the great office, you don't get the great office space, you get the basement. So we went down to the basement and one thing I realized today when I was speaking to Alex, it seemed like the ceilings weren't that high down there and and Alex pointed out he's a pretty tall guy. So I don't remember how tall the ceiling was and I did take some pictures when we met with Mason and Charlie in his office and Mason and Charlie were probably Jacob and Jane's age. He had his staff. uh, It was more than some of the reps that were new, but it wasn't – we didn't meet – if there was somebody more senior, we didn't meet with them. They all seemed like they were younger 
younger folks, girls and guys. And I'm sure they weren't happy to see 10 blind folks show up at their door after we couldn't get a meeting just to drop off this pamphlet. And <laughs> then they actually took the meeting, which was, that part was cool. And I, like I said, I did take some pictures there. Those pictures, along with some others from, let's call them action shots, from the different meetings with the uh, folks and at the reception, those will end up on nfbp.org and once we get it done at nfbofpa.org. That's the site we're working on now. So those pictures will be there. Uh, but it was great to meet with both of them. And I was a little worried because I got a late checkout, but I only got the 1 o'clock checkout. And I didn't get back to the hotel until about one thirty. And then I had to – I wanted the late checkout because I did not want to travel home in the suit. That's one thing that you have to – you've got to wear the suit both to the meetings on the – uh, with the representatives and the senators. In the past, I hadn't had to worry about that because I was only going to really meet with the people on the first day. So I was paranoid the whole Tuesday because I thought, oh, I'm going to spill something on this. What am I going to do? Then I'm going to go to see the senators and I'm gonna have, I am going to have a hoodie on. And I guess the folks at John Fetterman's office would have thought that was great, but maybe not in Senator Casey's office. So... Uh, fortunately, I didn't spill anything on there. I was good to go, and I did wear the suit both days. That's the uh, That was the one thing that made me a little nervous. Now, here's the funniest thing. Of the whole time we were in Washington, our room was room 570, Eugenio and I. And the first day after we got back from dinner that Monday night, kind of talked for a while, and we have very similar interests. We're interested in sports, and we talk some blind stuff and, and some other things. And so we go to sleep. Eugenio probably fell asleep a little before I did, probably around midnight, which is early for me, as I've <laughs> said before. As the night dragged on, I kept hearing people talking. I couldn't tell what they were saying. I wasn't paying attention. I would hear it. It would wake me up. Then I'd fall back to sleep. And at one point, I thought, what's going on? It's, it seems like it's still early. And I opened my eyes, and I could tell that it was still dark out. And I thought, okay, what's going on? Is it people having a party? What's happening? A little bit later, I hear Eugenio get in the shower. I'm thinking, man, this stuff has been going on for a while. Now, the trouble is I was charging my phone over on the desk that was across the room from my bed and not on the nightstand because Eugenio was charging his phone there, and I didn't want to get – I didn't want to make it confusing. You know, we're both reaching and feeling and wondering whose phone is what. So I charged mine over on the desk. So I couldn't just reach out and touch it to see what time it was. When I finally woke up, woke up, <laughs> and I say that because Eugenio said, oh, you slept through all that. I said, no, I, I kept waking up from it, but I, you know, I chose to try to just go back to sleep. He said, they were having a crazy argument all night long in the room next door. And the worst part was they were adjoining rooms. So every time someone came or left that room, it sounded like they were trying to get into our room. And he said they all night long, they never stopped. And right before he was set to leave and he had his first appointment was I think nine 45. So he had to meet in the lobby at nine 15 right before he left it quieted down. And he was gone around 20 minutes, 
And I was just – I didn't have to be downstairs to the lobby until I – don't, I don't remember, 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And so I'm on my phone. I'm texting with Liz. I'm texting with Jane. And all of a sudden, the, the, I hear a guy, you know, talking loudly. And it was clear that there was some sort of relationship issue. Well, Eugenio said to me, he heard him say the guy has a gun. I don't know if he had, him, had it on him. But that was a little unnerving. The worst part was just being, I don't know how many times I woke up that night. It was a lot. It was a, a dozen times, maybe more. And so I didn't want to go through that again. And as I'm getting ready to, and I'm waiting while I'm in the shower, I'm waiting to hear a gunshot, like he kills himself. I, I didn't know what to expect. I get out of the shower, I get dressed, and I hear him say, do you really want me to go back to prison? And I'm like, oh my God. Getting ready, grabbing my cane. And as I grab my cane, I hear him say something about a gun. And so I'm texting this to, <laughs> to Liz and Jane. Liz can't really respond while she's at school. Uh, she can every so often. So Jane is the one. Jane was either, I, I guess Monday she, no, this was Tuesday. She was working in the office that day. So part of the time I was texting with her, she was on the subway and then she was in her office, but I'm texting her all this. And she's like, you should move your room. And I said, yeah, I'm going to try. So when I went downstairs, I asked about moving the room. They said that they would look. And I didn't, that night when I came back, Tuesday night, when I came back, I was so tired. I didn't feel like packing everything up, taking it to another room. And then unpacking it for that night and then packing it back up the next day. So I told them, I appreciated them finding the space for me, but I'll, I'll stay. And when I first got up to the room, it was quiet. And around quarter after 12 that night or so, they come walking in the door, two guys. And again, they try the door in between our rooms. And it kind of made me nervous because again, Earlier in the day when I heard the guy, it was just the guy on the phone with a girlfriend, a wife, whatever. And he sounded like Cletus from The Simpsons. Now, when I saw him on Wednesday before I checked out, I saw a guy standing in the hallway and I'm thinking, hmm, is this, is this my neighbor? It, if it was, he didn't look anything like I expected him to look. If you've ever seen Hot Tub Time Machine or... The Unicorn, that was a series on, I think it was on CBS. There was a guy on Hot Tub Time Machine. He, he created something called Lugal instead of Google. And it was that guy. He looked just like that guy. Kind of balding with a beard. And his hair was pretty much white. And, uh, and I thought, man, that is not what I expected. Not at all what I expected. Dressed in a suit. And so I don't know why he was in town. He was not part of our contingent. <laughs> and definitely from the South, like I mentioned, sounded like Cletus. But that was the excitement next door. So it was just a great time in Washington. And again, like I said, it's, it just seems more productive to do that than the state convention. And don't get me wrong. I like going to the state convention because there's so many more people that you don't get to see very often. And so you connect with them, and especially for White Canes Connect – uh, it's good to get some other stories and make those connections. This past convention, we met with a few folks that we'll probably have on White Canes Connect. And it's just, it's just 
different. Washington seminar is different. And again, it's almost like you're working because you're going to the different offices and you're going through everything. You're trying to say, hey, look, would you support this? And when there's a bill that has been introduced, a lot of them are very receptive because we're not asking them to do crazy things. We're not asking for money. We just want an equal playing field. If there's a website and a sighted person can navigate it, a blind person should be able to navigate it as well. If there's a medical device that a sighted person could use, a blind person should be able to use it as well. You know, very important, and obviously in the medical device thing, it could be life or death. So it's just much more fulfilling and less of a party type of thing as Washington, uh, I'm sorry, as the state convention is. State convention has all these things, and you learn things, but then you also have that social connection. So that's Washington Seminar. Again, a lot of fun. I always look forward to going, and I'm looking forward to next year. Uh, again, because it's not far, and um, just a lot going on. It's, it's, I, I just enjoy it a lot. So that's all I have this week, except for two other things. And I told you one is just listen. I'll get to that in a moment. But before I do, I just wanted to mention White Canes Connect episode 60 will drop in the next few days. It was just recorded today, Friday the 3rd of February. And on it, we have Susie from Southeastern Guide Dogs. Yes, Southeastern Guide Dogs strike again. And it was a great conversation. This girl knew everything everything and was such an advocate for this organization and some of the things that it does. And and one of the things that to me is misleading, it's called Southeastern Guide Dogs. So to me, that means, okay, they're primarily a guide dog provider, but that's not the case. They provide service animals to, for example, vets with PTSD and vets who have lost limbs. As I played for you last week and just listen, the promotional video had to do with a former soldier that had a prosthetic leg and was having difficulty until he got this guide dog, uh, I'm sorry, this service dog to help him do some of the things that he couldn't do on his own. But the thing that sticks with me is Southeastern Guide Dogs, and then they run those commercials that has (laughs) no voiceover. Again, to their credit, they use audio description with all their videos, so it shouldn't be an issue. And I just don't have audio description turned on all the time on my TV because Liz watches it more than I do, I think. So uh, it was a great conversation with Susie. She talks all about the organization. It was horrifying to learn that... They were founded all the way back in 1982. And I thought, well, that's not that long ago. That's when I graduated high school. (laughs) And then I really felt like my dad. (laughs) Not that he graduated high school or anything, which he didn't. He did graduate from eighth grade and did two weeks in ninth grade. That's a story for another day. Maybe Father's Day coming up. So we spoke with her. She told us about the organization When you get a dog from this organization, you pay nothing. And we didn't get into traveling there, and they're based in Florida, just south of Tampa and Palmetto, Florida, which, again, today, uh, and I talked to her about this before we started recording uh, the episode, I know it was around 70 degrees there today. And again, just to remind you, when we were recording that episode, 
it was 28 degrees here with a wind chill of the upper teens. And I mentioned this to her. And she said, yeah, it's, it's pretty nice here today. And I guess that kind of rubbed it in a little bit. So again, that's episode 60 of White Canes Connect. I'm hoping to have it out by Tuesday, Monday, maybe. And, uh, but just look for that. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, iHeart, any of the places that you usually get a podcast, you can find White Canes Connect. So check it out. Uh, she did mention she had her guide dog named Carson. This is kind of funny, and I'll move on to just listen. <laughs> she has a guide dog named Carson. And Lisa asked her how long she's had him. And, and he actually worked for quite a while. He just retired after working with Susie for 11 years. And then Lisa asked, have you had any missteps? Are there any times that maybe it's not a good fit? And she said, oh, yeah, it happens. Not often, but we try to pair. They, they gauge the dog's personality and the person's personality. And Susie's first dog was a fast walker. And I've heard this from a few people that sometimes people think they can walk faster than they do. Now, I do walk fast, and if I ever got a guide dog, which I wouldn't, but if I ever did, because Ziggy would be, wouldn't know what to do with that. <laughs> with that. How, did, how does he get to go with David everywhere, and I don't? Um, she had a dog that walked too fast, and it was just too, too tough on her. So they ended up, she traded him in <laughs> after a little while, he went to this this other dog went to another another person who needed a guide and she got another dog the dog was outstanding she said was awesome but whenever she praised this dog especially in a higher pitched tone <laughs> the dog would lay down wherever he was could have been on the street on the sidewalk and wait for a belly rub <laughs> and i said ziggy will need his number because they could be buddies so I thought that was funny and um, just kind of amazing that uh, she had her, her dog Carson for so long because it's, it's usually seven to nine years is a typical uh, guide dog working life. And now Carson is their pet. So again, episode 060 of White Canes Connect. Check it out. It'll be out in a couple of days. And lastly, we come to Just Listen. As I mentioned, I was in Washington, so... The sounds that you're going to hear are primarily traveling to Washington on the Amtrak train. And you're also going to hear the, for lack of a better word, monorail. I don't know to call it a subway. It's kind of like a, it's almost like something you would ride on the boardwalk, it, although this didn't have a roof. Obviously, it's under underground, so why does it need a roof? But it goes from under the Capitol to the Russell Senate office building. And if the quality is good, because I'm recording this before I put in these sound clips, if I can get a decent clip from Senator Casey, I will have that in there as well. So here is the Washington seminar version of Just Listen.
people with disabilities and to stand up for the work that the National Federation of the Blind has done for so many years. So I want to start by thanking you. It's funny, talking about that monorail that we were on, we walked for so long to get to it, and I thought after a while, I thought, oh, we're just going to walk under the Capitol <laughs> to get from the House side to the Senate side. And then we finally got to this monorail, and we were probably on the monorail three minutes, five minutes. I don't even know. It's a very quick ride. And I just thought that I, I, when I got off, I thought to myself, that's it? It would have been something I could have easily walked. Maybe some of the other folks in the group it would have had it would have been trouble to walk that much further. But it was very cool that we got to ride on that, and I thought that was neat. And that was set up by Representative Glenn, Glenn Thompson from the 15th Congressional District, and one of his staff members named Connor took us down to it. So uh, thanks to them for setting that up. That was uh, about the highlight as far as sightseeing goes. That was unexpected. And unfortunately, like I said, I did not get to sightsee. But that is this week's Just Listen. In fact, that is the entire episode. It's been episode 217. Please reach out on social media at David Benj. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Also, you can email me, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. Best of all, you can call me and leave a voicemail. It's area code 646-926-6350. Again, 646-926-6350. Questions, comments, show ideas, things you love, things you hate, anything you got, please reach out. Please leave your name in town. If you do leave a voicemail, and again, you've got up to three minutes on that, 646-926-6350. Finally, as usual, the show notes are available over on ICan'tSeeYou.com. So this is episode 217. So ICan'tSeeYou.com slash 217. That's ICan'tSeeYou.com slash 217. Remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U.com slash 217. For all the show notes and links that I've mentioned, please check them out. I really do appreciate you listening to this episode of I Can't See You. Until next week, be well, stay safe, and I will talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.